in the mountains you could already observe like two decades ago that things are going uh, more rapidly than they should be like there were times where when i was standing with a map and uh, in, 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 in like high alpine setting and i was trying to navigate either by ice or by by rocks and i could not match so to say what i what i saw in reality with what was printed on the map and the map was i don't know five or ten years old in order to replant it we have to remove remove co2 from the air and that's exactly what Christoph Gibald at Kleinworks is doing. Christoph might have one of the coolest engineering jobs that exists, building an emergency hospital for the planet with an ambition to remove gigatons from, of CO2 from the atmosphere. Kleinworks it's, it's not just about removing a specific amount of carbon from the air though, but more importantly about creating a movement by inspiring a billion people to take action to actively, actively remove carbon from the atmosphere. Just like today, it's natural for anyone to take back with you the garbage that you bring into nature. In a close future, it'll be natural to also take back the carbon that you are responsible for releasing into the atmosphere. Important to notice is that it's all about removing unavoidable and historic CO2 emissions, not to justify the release of even more emissions. Their technological carbon removal solution is a complement to natural carbon sinks, such as forests. It's not a substitute. A fun side note is that the British band Coldplay has announced their next tour, Music of the Spheres World Tour, and to have at minimum a net zero carbon footprint. And as such, they've built a portfolio of solutions to help them achieve this goal. While Coldplay aims to at reducing their emissions by 50%, the remaining unavoidable emissions will be removed by a portfolio of carbon removal solutions, where Climeworks Solutions has been chosen as one of these. So, ready for this one? Let's go! Hi Christoph, thanks for joining the show. Hi, Chekhov. Very nice to meet you. So you're calling in from Zurich today? Indeed, I'm calling in from Zurich, Switzerland. Mm, that's where you have the the uh, headquarters of Kleinworks, is it? Exactly. Zurich, Switzerland is where we have most people, our headquarter. We have offices as well uh, in, in Germany. Um, and we, we have a, uh, a tiny uh, company in, in Iceland uh, to, to run our facility up in Iceland. Mm, nice. Yeah, I think uh, people are curious about, um, uh, you founded Kleinworks in 2009, if I'm correct. And um, what, what, what is Kleinworks? Can you tell us a bit about that to start with? Exactly. Kleinworks was, was started 12 years ago in the end of 2009, based on university research that actually goes back uh, even longer to the year 2007. What is Kleinworks? Kleinworks is, or the, the purpose of Climeworks is to reverse climate change. And how, how are we going about that? We are building technology that like implemented in, in machines and plants that capture CO2 from the air. And the CO2 we capture from the air, we provide it for permanent underground storage together with storage partners. And in such, we permanently remove CO2 from the atmosphere. And in such, we're able to reduce the atmospheric CO2 uh, uh, concentration, that in turn will help to reduce uh, global warming. 
So you launched the first one, the air capture plant in 2017, is that correct? We launched our first plant, our, or, or we launched our first commercial plant in, in 2017. Mm -hmm. uh, with commercial, we mean that we're using it for a um, commercial application. And in that case, we are supplying CO2 captured from the air to both a greenhouse to enhance plant growth in the greenhouse, as well as we're supplying CO2 to um, the beverage company, uh, Coca-Cola Hellenic, that is part of the Coca-Cola group that are using the, the CO2 for beverage carbonation or the, at the end of the day, the fizziness in your drink uh, is, is CO2. And we are making sure in that case, the CO2 is taken from the air. Wow. So you actually, you, you draw it down from the air and then you can somehow then uh, put it into materials. Exactly. Or, our yeah. exactly our first applications are all centered around utilization of CO two, turning CO two in a in a closed material cycle. Meaning, you use it for say tomatoes or lettuce, or you're using it for the fizzy drink in your hand. And upon consumption, of course, the CO two goes back to the atmosphere. But since we recapture CO two, we are we are cycling it in an uh, in, a, in a closed material cycle, whereas if, if CO2 for such applications was taken from fossil sources, uh, like it's in most cases today, uh, it's of course adding net uh, CO2 to the atmosphere. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and, and today you have 15 machines in operation, I read. That's, that's pretty impressive. With the world's first large-scale plants switched on in Iceland just this year. How's that going? In September 2021, we launched the world's first um, carbon removal or direct air capture based carbon removal uh, plant in, in Iceland. Um, that is the, the world's largest direct air capture and storage plant, drawing up to 4,000 tons of CO2 from the atmosphere per year and providing it for permanent underground storage. And um, that plant has, has been very important to us for a couple of reasons, like stating the, the obvious ones. It's, it's a scale up and it's, it's new technology. So it's there to prove that we can scale and that, that we can um, enhance our technology. But most importantly, it's also there to prove that there's a market where when we built the plant um, or we decided to build the plant uh, more than two years ago, we were uncertain whether the market will be interested in the product that we're generating. Recall in the early days, we focused on utilization of CO2, where this plant really focuses on, if you want, retirement of CO2, putting CO2 in the ground. Um, and we were uncertain whether the market, the markets will pick up the, pro uh, the, the product that we call car uh, Climax Carbon Dioxide Removal. And now what, what the big milestone of the facility in Iceland is, is it is showing that the market for permanently removing CO2 from the atmosphere is existing, both from a people perspective, like we are retailing that to, to people through uh, our, our website, climax.com, as well as we are retailing to large corporates like Microsoft, Shopify, Stripe, um, Swiss Re and others. Um, who are also very interested in, in using that product to achieve the net zero targets. And that is really the, the, the big jump, so to say, the big value jump that has been created by, by the facility. Yeah. Yeah. When, when it comes to climate change mitigation, we often talk about reduce and reuse and recycle, and, but you're actually adding remove, or as you said now, retiring, retirement. <laughs> Yeah, well, not we are adding that, right? Climate science is adding that. Mm -hmm. And there is um, a lot of climate science out there, uh, good for us. And uh, climate science uh, um, today is certain that you need 
carbon dioxide removal on a massive scale in order to achieve climate targets. Actually, if, if, if we use, for example, the IPCC as a central piece to, um, or as the one voice of, of climate science, if, if you wish, the, the IPCC assumes that um, until end of the century, uh, so until uh, 2100, we have to capture up to 1000 gigatons of carbon from the atmosphere. That's roughly half of what uh, humanity has emitted to date. So that's a massive amount, which like if you break it down, gives you a, a volume of between two to 20 gigatons um, of carbon removal um, uh, quantities uh, to be done uh, starting the latest by, by mid of the century. So by, by 2050. Um, and why, why do we need that? We need that because we, we have already done too much damage and we, we keep on uh, uh, emitting CO2, right? Uh, of course, we, we have to reduce as, as much as we can and we have to get the emissions down to zero as fast as we can. Uh, but even, even if the, in, in, the, in the fastest efforts um, ahead of us, that still might be too slow and we, we have to take back uh, CO2 from the atmosphere in order to to avoid catastrophic climate change. Mm. Yeah, and I guess uh, corporations need not just to use this solution as a, a way to um, sort of um, uh, be able to emit just as much as they do, like now and in the future, but also to we we, we could could we use it to to uh, mitigate historic emissions as well. Yeah, exactly. You could uh, clearly you you. So the, the, the thing you want to use carbon removal for is either for unavoidable emissions that you really cannot reduce otherwise, or you want to use it for historic emissions because you have done damage in the past that you have no chance to undo otherwise. And in such carbon removal can be an opportunity to, to undo historic emissions. And actually some corporations are, are doing that. Most prominent example is, is uh, clearly Microsoft who are uh, not only having a net zero pledge out there, but a net negative pledge that by 2030, they want to be a net negative. And uh, thereafter, even go take back all the emissions uh, Microsoft is responsible for since starting of the company in the 1970s. Wow, well, that, that sounds ambitious. Yeah, well, but it's... it's uh, Taking taking back the like if we travel right or if, if you're somewhere mm. uh, if if you travel to the mountains uh, you're taking uh, what you're bringing to the mountains you're taking with you right it's 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 very normal we do that uh, for some things like if you travel national parks or if you travel to the mountains or some some pristine ecosystems but it's not yet normal for CO two but clearly the same same behavior should be normal for CO two right that you're taking back in your backpack uh, what you're bringing to this planet. And I think this is in such, it's, 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 it's very logical and uh, very consequent, uh, so to say, uh, what, what Microsoft is, is proposing. Yeah, I like that analogy of bring whatever you, you took with you. That's, that's, that's cool. So, um, so you sort of, you, you build the plants and you install them and then you operate them. And, uh, and then you, I think you hand over the, the carbon to some sort of storage and to external parties. How, how is that being done? In what kind of, how does it look then when you're handing it over? Once we capture CO2 from the air, you can imagine it as a, as a 
as a, well, at the end of the day, as a gas, it's as unexciting as that is. So it's <laughs> CO2. CO2 is like air. You can't smell it. Uh, you can't see it. Uh, so we, we're, we're taking CO2 from the air and we get it as a gas at, at one atmosphere as a pure gas. So it, it contains very little impurities. Impurities are mainly oxygen, uh, nitrogen, so components of the air. And then we hand over this gas to the storage partner, as abstract as it might sound. Uh, and and the, the the storage partner we we do have in Iceland there called Carbfix, and it it is a, a spin out of um, or it, it, it's no it's actually part of of Reykjavik Energy, uh, a large utility in, in Iceland, and um, they are professionals and experts in. Uh, permanent storage of, of CO2 in the underground. Actually, they, they mineralize the CO2 underground. So what, what is being done very concretely for, for the plant in Iceland is that we, we have the CO2 we have taken from the air and Carbfix uh, then subsequently mixes the CO2 with water that in, at, in the first place uh, they, they get from the ground uh, because of uh, some uh, uh, geothermal um, uh, a, a geothermal power plant they're operating where they're extracting heat from underground fluids and then they're resending the fluids into the ground and before resending uh, the, the fluids into the ground they mix it with the CO2 we have taken from the air and pump this mixture underground and in the underground this mixture then is, is uh, mineralized in, into stone as, as simple as that so uh, the carb fix in, in very simple terms helps us to take the CO2 that, that we're taking from the air to, to put it in, into stone, in, in the form of stone in the underground. Mm, okay, simple as that. <laughs> so Christoph, can you tell me a bit about yourself and what, uh, what made you end up working with carbon removal? I think it's always interesting to hear about entrepreneurs like you, how they, what, what were your ambition when you set out on this? Right, so it, it all goes back to being an avid mountaineer or a avid outdoorsy person if you if you wish so i was uh when i was uh, younger so roughly two two decades ago uh um in, in my high school years and early university years i i spent a lot of time in the mountains and uh, the mountains are places um, where you can witness climate change faster than than other parts like if you're li living in a city you might noticed, might have noticed this year, oh, there were more storms uh, than in the previous years. It might be a bit warmer at times. Uh, but in, in the mountains, you could already observe like two decades ago that things are going uh, more rapidly than they should be. Like there were times where when I was standing with a map and uh, in, 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 in like high alpine setting and I was trying to navigate either by ice or by, by rocks and I could not match, so to say, what I... What I saw in reality with what was printed on the map, and the map was I don't know five or ten years old, right? Uh, or the data of the map was five to ten years old, and that sort of very early on in my life triggered a thought: man, I don't know. Somehow this is this whole setup we're having in the energy context is, is maybe not the most sustainable one, and we're we're using a lot of uh, one-way roads like burning fossil fuels, and somehow this is contributing to to global warming. So that sort of triggered my my sense of urgency that that we want to do this, that we have to do something and on the other side i always felt as entrepreneur and there's no why to that this is simply a, a dream I, I always had I, I wanted to be entrepreneur and like in combination with those observations uh, I, I made early on in my life um, i decided i, I one day want to have my own company in, in the field of 
sustainable energy systems or CO2. And then by incidents, uh, I, I came across a research project at the Swiss Federal Institute of Technology, ETH uh, Zurich, where a professor has been working on CO2 removal or direct air capture since a couple of years. And he accepted me as his student in, in the year 2007, that was 14 years ago. And my job as a student was to optimize the process he, he has established. Uh, and eventually we came up with a complete new process that offered to be very uh, success or very promising and that we took as a platform to to start Climeworks uh, two years after starting this this research so it was really yeah sort of uh, being an engineer like a trained engineer so to say observing in, in nature and the wish of of having my own company that it together so to say led to the foundation of Climeworks mm, nice so you know I think some might argue that, and I want to hear, I'm curious about this. So I just want to hear your, but is there, is there a set of like people or communities that argue that we should instead focus all of humanity's efforts towards natural carbon sinks instead of doing things like you're trying to do, or are they actually complementary to each other? If you ask science, everyone will tell you they're complementary. If, if you ask ordinary people on the road, uh, many will tell you, why are you building machines that capture CO2 from the air? If nature has invented that already millions of years ago, when that's called trees or plants, right? Now, the, the underlying science or facts are that we have to do um, we have to do as much as possible uh, of afforestation and, and stop deforestation and, and preserve our ecosystems as 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 possible right uh, but this alone will not be sufficient to get to this 1000 gigatons of carbon removal demand that we're having until the end of the century that is the the basis for for the ipcc report and in such both nature and technology have to come together in in order to solve uh, this this challenge and probably they're meeting halfway, probably half, or at least if we look at numbers, how, how they are currently, half of that uh, might be done with uh, approach, nature approaches and the other half might be done with technological approaches. Now, both have clearly their, their, their pros and cons. The beauty of nature is nature is there, uh, good for us. And uh, hopefully we, we can preserve as much as possible of that. Uh, it's, it's available at, at very low cost, uh, which is also very good. Uh, the challenge is that it requires arable land. And at some point, um, we might run out of arable land needed to feed humanity, as well as to save humanity from the CO2 problem. And in such, uh, there, there's some data that um, if, you, if you wanted to capture five to eight gigatons of CO2 from the atmosphere per year, which is roughly half of the challenge we have, you would need three times the area of India. And that is something like as arable land, right? Only used for that purpose. And that is challenging and borderline to, again, feeding the planet and solving the CO2 issue. And beyond that, you, you might need uh, to complement that with techno technology-based options like we are pursuing one. Um, and in such, the assumption is that probably 5 billion tons will be done by nature and another 5 billion tons of that will be added by technology uh, in roughly 30 years from now. So is your, uh, the solution you have, I guess that's more efficient per land area, you could say. You could draw down the same amount of carbon units on a smaller piece of land. Is that? 
Yes, our like the the beauty of our technology solution in turn is that we can capture more CO2 per area of land, so to say, if, if compared to a nature-based solution. But again, they're not competing or like it's it's sort of comparing apples with oranges, right? Because like we we would be putting plants and sites where we anyway have abundant land, uh, say, for example, the sunbelt of this planet uh, or um, or the, the, the wind, uh, if you want to call it wind belt, so the, the rather northern parts of, of, of and, and southern parts of, of our world. Uh, and they are anyway, or for, to, to take one very concrete example, the place where we build our facility in Iceland, uh, you will have a very hard time to plant trees because simply there's no soil, right? There is like a, a, a rock bedrock, uh, so to say, but very little soil and you have a lot of wind and you'll have a very hard time uh, to plant trees. And this is such a beautiful example to, to, to see that those solutions are indeed not competing because we can put a plant where you cannot put a tree. And on the other side, we would not cut down trees or do something to build one of our plants, right? And in such, I think that's already today a very nice example to, to show how the two solutions go hand in hand very well. Mm, yeah, beautiful. So for this solution to make a extensive contribution to you know our uh, to, to saving the planet how much would you need to scale it do you have any ideas of that we're already doing contribution today i saw i'm afraid i don't recall exactly the source um but re recently i was made aware of a study in the journal nature i think it was and um the authors were calculating that per 4400 ton equivalent of co2 you're saving in emissions or you're taking back from the atmosphere, you're saving 12 lives, right? One, two, like 12 human lives. And our facility has a nameplate capacity of 4,000 tons. So let's, let's assume we are with that facility, we're saving 10 lives per year. And uh, clearly it will become much more uh, in, in, in the future. And where, where we are heading is what, what we at, at at Climeworks are committed to is, is gigaton carbon removal. We want to achieve gigaton removal by mid of the century, so by 2050. We want to crack megaton removal in the second half of this uh, decade, uh, so 2027, 20, 2028 ish, uh, roundabout. Um, and that that is those are the numbers like this this megaton platform in 2030 and the gigaton. Uh, um, set up in, in 2050 is precisely what what climate science is is asking us and, and this whole industry, so to say, to do. Clearly, we won't do all right. Like it's it, it's it cannot be solved by one company alone. It will be an ecosystem of several companies. It will be maybe in uh, 30 years from now. It, it will be an industry like like oil and gas today, but working in reverse. Uh, so it will be 20 to 50 major companies uh, capturing carbon from the atmosphere. And, and we want to establish Climeworks as a, as a leading player in that field with the potential of removing a gigaton capacity in 2050. Yeah, that would definitely make an impact. So that's, that's, that's a cool aspiration. Have you um, ever doubted yourself or, or encountered any major hiccups along the way, along the journey of building Climeworks from, from that idea to what it is? is today that made you sort of think what the hell are we doing <laughs> let's let's do something else 
No, in all honesty, like very blunt. No, uh, the good news is we are two founders, and uh, the the uh, uh, typically when one was down, the other had a high, uh, and that uh, happened uh, very reliably over the last fourteen years. Uh, that we were sort of helping to to balance each other, and um, and such. We really, uh, I, I cannot remember where both of us were down and say, "Hey, this makes absolutely no sense." What, and I, I was thinking many times why this is the case, and the reason why I think this is the case is because it's it's such a fundamental issue. It's not like, <clears throat> or at the end of the day, I'm I. It, it, it's 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 sort of a physical law if you want you know we put co2 in the atmosphere it's well known that co2 heats the atmosphere and and consequently the planet and has all those uh, detrimental effects and it's very clear you have to take it out period right it's like it's like gravitation like if if you let your pen go it will fall down and not up and this this very essential problem, so to say, this very essential problem for emulation is, is a very motivating one because you simply need it, right? There's no question. It's if, if you if you go skiing and get hurt, or if you're kite surfing and get hurt, you're bleeding. You might need to see the hospital, right? <laughs> else it won't get better. Period. And it's same, the same here. You simply you, you have to do it, else it won't improve. This this is such a fundamental issue that it it has a, a very it creates very intrinsic motivation. It's not something nice to have, and if 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 you have it, it's a bit better, and if you don't have it, it's well, you still will do fine. No, it's it's really something very fundamental, and fundamental things uh, sort of trigger some some very deep intrinsic motivation. Mm. Yeah, you're really building a sort of an an emergency hospital here <laughs> for the planet. Yeah, exactly. It's the uh, yeah, exactly. Emergency hospital. You need to go there. You can't wait. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, <clears throat> Christoph, you, you you just reached a milestone uh, of ten thousand. What do you call climate pioneers uh, in the Climeworks community? And uh, that's a pretty impressive accomplishment in in just two years. Uh, you aim to inspire a billion, one billion people to take action. How how are you working to um, achieve that goal? Right, exactly. We we are very thankful and uh, humbled, and uh, it, it's great to see that that ten thousand uh, pioneers uh, joined joined us on our journey. Um, so first of all, why why are we having that goal, and why are we uh, opening our doors, so to say, to to climate pioneers? In the in the early days when we when we started our company, a lot of the our visions and and and, and KPIs were focused around the the tons of CO2 that we're capturing from the air. But what we noticed over time is it's what we need to do is much more than capturing tons of CO2 from the atmosphere. We need to inspire a whole movement to happen. Like, again, Climeworks alone cannot solve the, 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 the challenge of carbon removal. Like we need a whole ecosystem to, to solve that challenge. And what, what we figured out is since like we're pioneering this field, we have a lot of inspiration potential. Like if we capture CO2 from the air with plants, like of course, besides capturing CO2 from the air, that the plants inspire, they inspire policymakers, they inspire customers, they inspire investors. They inspire people like uh, to 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 think that this is needed and and uh, that that they like it and in such we made it our vision to inspire people simply because we feel it it is the necessary ingredient to get this whole ecosystem going right 
Um, and in such, we're very glad and, and thankful that, that we uh, now were able to celebrate uh, the 10,000 uh, climate pioneer. How, how are we going about scaling that? Well, there are, very, there are many, many successful um, uh, companies out there who, who cracked like several hundred millions uh, or even billions of, of pioneers, if, if you want. Like if you look at smartphones, the, the road leading smartphone retailers, right? Uh, Apple, Samsung, et cetera. Of their, their leading, leading models, they sold more than 2 billion uh, of such pieces. Or if you look at very successful uh, subscription, uh, software subscription models, like uh, the, the uh, music provider uh, Spotify, I think a Swedish company, uh, they have hundreds of millions uh, of people they were able to inspire and, and work with them. And, and such those those idols are very are very inspiring to us that we with with our model and with the product we are offering, which is at the end of the day a, like a better climate uh, future for, for all of us, uh, can also can follow uh, th those journeys. It's it's not that or like there are several companies out there who've already already shown that you can inspire a billion, two billion, even more people to to take something off, and, and we are we are taking that as as sort of a proof and an inspiration that we can do the same with with a better climate, and maybe through partnering with with uh, like very prominent people like Coldplay, for example, or Bill Gates, uh, who are using our service, but also partnering with corporates. Uh, we're then using that for, for the employees or helping us to, to tell the story will help us to, to work on that vision. Mm. I, I love that you see this as a, as a movement and, and not just uh, selling a, a, a product per se, but uh, so that, that, that's beautiful. Perhaps just define what a climate pioneer is. I, I think the listeners might wonder, and I forgot to ask. A climate pioneer is someone who is committing to take CO2 back out of the air and lock it away permanently in the underground. Um, and that can be done in uh, rather low quantities. So for some kilograms of CO2 uh, per month or going up to, to uh, rather high quantities uh, of, of tons per month, if, if you want it, uh, you can adjust it uh, to your lifestyle, to your personal emissions, and you want to use that for your unavoidable emissions. Like every one of us has unavoidable emissions. All of us should reduce as much as we can. We should drive electric vehicles. We should eat uh, maybe less meat or travel less. But there's some, some part that we simply cannot get rid of. And this part uh, should be the responsibility for carbon removal solutions like either Climeworks or trees. And for that, we, we have an, an offering on, on our website uh, that, that people could use. Mm. And it's both people and corporates, right? Who can become pioneers or... Exactly, it's both people and and corporates who who can become pioneers. Where the the website offering that we're having uh, is is currently for for people only uh, and uh, companies rather work a more traditional way, uh, a non non digital traditional way. Yeah. yeah. Wonderful. So, <clears throat> last question then, uh, Christoph, to uh, for for uh, businesses and individuals who would like to reduce their own footprint. Um, how can they become one of those one billion people uh, by supporting Climeworks? Where can they find you? Go to climeworks.com and press on a yellow button called Act Now or Remove CO2 and you'll find different plans. Uh, hopefully one of them will will fit to, to your like personal means and to your lifestyle and then uh, enter your, your personal details and uh, off you go. And you can right. become uh, one of one of the climber climber pioneers. Easy as that. Nice. <laughs> 
Okay, Christoph. Uh, thank you so much for for joining. I I've learned uh, a ton. So uh, uh, hope uh, I really uh, fingers crossed for for you being able to scale this uh, quickly. Uh, I really want to. I would like to see the plant one day and, and perhaps see the the gas coming out there and <laughs> be able to touch the the CO two. Thank you, Jacob, for uh, for featuring us. It's uh, crucial to to inspiring people to remove CO two from here. The Reap 